0: I do pray every now and then, occasionally. And I was walking around this building and I was asking a lot of why questions. Have you ever done that with God? Why, God, have we not experienced this? And why, God, have we not experienced that? And why, God, is this family still dealing with this? And why, God, is this family member still addicted to drugs? And why, God, is this family member still unsaved? And why, God... Is this individual still dealing with sickness? And why, God, is this individual still depressed? And why, God, is this person still addicted to another situation? Why, God, why, God, why, God, why, God? Have you ever had a day like that? And as I was praying and saying, why, God, why, God, why, God? He reminded me, he said, I have never let them down. Every time that they have requested me to come to their aid, I have answered them. It hasn't always looked like what they thought it ought to look like, but I have always brought the answer that would resolve their circumstance in a positive direction. And I'm just praying, and I, I had already decided in my mind I was going to go a different direction today. And over the next few weeks, we're getting ready to approach the Easter season. You know that. And my mind was turning that direction and thinking about the great sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. And had already begun making preparations for that. And when I was standing right there on Monday, as I was walking right there, I heard the voice of the Lord ask me a question. And He said to me, He said, Why don't you just tell them this for me tell them the answer is on the way the answer is on the way now we Pentecostals we can shout over that kind of a, a declaration and, and it can make us feel a particular way but we need to move beyond feeling and we have to be able to to process this information with facts Because when we see what God says to us, then we don't walk in our feeling. We walk by faith in the fact of God's word and what God has accurately declared. So as I begin praying, give me a little more monitor if you will up there, David. I I appreciate it. As I was praying, and as I was praying for you, and the Lord was speaking to me and saying, tell them that the answer is on the way, my mind went to Daniel chapter 10. Very familiar passage of scripture. You've read it many times, no doubt, but we're going to read it again today. Turn in your Bibles there to Daniel chapter 10. I want you to see this. Daniel chapter 10, excuse me, and we will begin in verse 1. It says, and in the year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel. Now, for some of you, that's all you needed to hear right there. Because the Lord is in the process of revealing a word to you that's going to change the course of your circumstance. <laughs> it was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. And in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. How long is three weeks? 21 days. Remember that. I ate no delicacies. That means no Krispy Kreme donuts for you. No meat. No what? No bacon, Derek Williams, if you're here today. No sausage. None. No meat. He said, I ate no delicacies, no meat, and no wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. And on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around the waist, <clears throat> his body was like Beryl. his face like the appearance of lightning his eyes like flaming torches his arms and his legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude and I Daniel alone saw the vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision But a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision. And there was no strength left in me. Have you ever been there? My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me. I stood up trembling. And he said to me fear not Daniel. For from the first day. That you set your heart to understand. And you humbled yourself before your God. Your words have been heard. And I have come. Because of your
1: words.
0: (laughs) The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. How long is 21 days? It's three weeks. About how long he'd been praying. How long had he been praying? Three weeks. 21 days. The king of Persia withstood me and came to uh, The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the king of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision is for days yet to come. And when he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was... Mute or speechless. And behold one in the likeness of the children of man. Touched my lips. And I opened my mouth. And spoke. And I said to him who stood before me. "O my Lord. By reason of the vision. Pains have come upon me. And I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord. For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. And again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly loved, fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong and of a good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, let my Lord speak before, you, because you have strengthened me. And he said, do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. So, Father... There's a lot here for us to understand. But really, even though there's a lot to understand, the, the, the message is very simple. You are aware of everything that we face in our lives. And Lord, when we set our heart to begin to understand our circumstances and to seek you, you will send an answer. It may not always look like what we think it should look like. It may not produce the results immediately that we think it should, but Lord, help us to understand that there can still be victory even when we cannot see what is going to be best for us and what our answer is. And Lord, I've been asking you this week, as I represent you and your words to this people today, anoint me. It's not about me. It's not about them going out and saying, man, pastor, preached today. I couldn't, I couldn't care less if I hear that. But, Lord, what I do want to hear is a testimony of transformation where someone says, I have lived in this bondage for so long that I never thought I'd get free of it, but today the answer came. And I am free because I've been set free by the power of God and the Holy Spirit alive within me. Lord, bring transformation to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today I want to share four observations with you from this passage of scripture. Because I want you to see today that God is well aware of what you're facing and what you're going through. But I also want you to understand that the devil knows about it as well. And the devil has stuck you in a place that's bringing great Pain, and he is twisting the device that he stuck you with. But listen, today, in the name of Jesus, he's going to take his hands off of you and your answer is going to come and set you free as you walk by faith. Now today, this is a very, uh, a very unusual passage of Scripture. The whole entire book of Daniel is one of the uh, most heavily prophetic Books in scripture. In fact, most of the end time, or much of the end time prophetic word that comes to us comes through the prophet Daniel. He comes and he listens and he hears. He has multiple visions before God and God begins to reveal to him what is going to take place in the last days. And here in chapter 9 and verse 10, the Old Testament scholars describe these two uh, chapters in the Old Testament as the apex of the Old Testament. Because God comes in such a way and reveals him in such a way to let Daniel know and everyone else that we are in a war we are in a battle but the devil does not have the upper hand on God's people God is more than able to send the breakthrough and the answer that you need at any given time amen So Daniel's very discouraged. He's very frustrated with the situation. And he comes before God and he begins to pray. The scripture says that he prayed for three weeks. For 21 days he goes before God. For 21 days he gives up uh, the delicacies of the kingdom. He will not eat the king's meat. He will not allow wine to cross his lips. Uh, Everything that he can give up, he gives up for the sake uh, of Of prayer and so he's praying and he's discouraged and by his own admission he is so weak that he can barely breathe he is so weak that he can barely stand up on his feet have you ever been in a situation like that have you been so low and so frustrated and so down in your circumstance that you wondered whether or not victory would ever come again let me tell you there's hope for you amen It won't come to you as long as you just stay down on the ground. We're going to see in a few moments that there comes a time when you have to stand up and change your posture and let the devil know that I'm not laying down in front of you anymore, but I'm standing up and squaring my shoulders and I'm ready to receive all that God has for me so that my victory can be in my hand. So what was the deal? here? Well, the first thing I want you to see is that Daniel was aware of God's Word. He was not ignorant of the word of God, but he was very much aware of what God had said would take place. Now, you know who Daniel is. Daniel was taken captive in the Babylonian uh, uh, overtaking of Israel with some other young men that you're familiar with. Do you remember Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? uh, Daniel was taken at the same time, and, and, and they were taken to the king's palace, Because they had been analyzed by the king's uh, men and had been determined that they were smart. They were able to carry out the king's will and the king's bidding and so they trained them and, and, and they brought them into the into the palace to be able to, to operate there. And while he was there, Daniel took the opportunity to read the holy scriptures. You say, now what version did he read? Did he read the King James or was it the NIV or maybe he used the NLT or possibly the ESV or maybe it was the good, good news for today. Which version Did he use listen his scripture was not like our scripture They number one the canon of scripture was not complete yet So he could only read what was available and what was available was the words that had come from God to the prophets And as the prophets heard the word of the Lord They literally had to take their pens and write it word by word on the canvas And so there wasn't a whole lot for them to go by. But what was available, Daniel sought out. And he ate it. And he read it. And he took it in. And he knew what the will of God was. Let me say to you today, before you will ever get out of your mess, you're going to have to find out what God has to say about your mess. You can pray all day long and until you know what God says about your mess, you're going to stay in your mess. You, you can go to church every day of the week. You can have a hundred Pentecostal preachers spit on you and rub it on your forehead. But if you don't know what the Word of God has to say about your situation, you will never find victory in your life. If you're unsaved today, if you don't know that the Word of God says that, the, that God the Father gave His only begotten Son to, to whoever would believe on Him, if you don't know that, then you'll start saying, I'm not worthy. I can't be saved. I've been too bad. I've done too much. But listen, if you know that the Word of God says, He will in no wise cast you out. If you come to Him in repentance, He will receive you. You say, well, I can't get along with my my spouse. I can't get along with my wife. I can't get along with my husband. It's because you don't know what the Word says. Because if you know what the Word says, you'll know that there are times that you need to keep your fat mouth shut. There are times that you need to speak a a soft word because the Scripture says a soft word turns away wrath. Amen. And if you know that, you can begin to activate that in your life. I'm telling you if you don't know what God has to say about your circumstance and your situation then you will never be victorious. If you're all the time walking around weak and forlorn and discouraged and depressed and feel like that you'll never be victorious again then you don't know that God has put his spirit in you and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And when the devil gets up on your shoulder and begins to tell you how weak you are if you don't know what the word of God says you won't be able to reply but if you know you'll be able to say get out of here devil the spirit of God in me is greater than you and I'm just going to begin to declare my savior's name Jesus 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Why in the world would you act a fool like that? Because the word says that the devils of hell tremble at the name of Jesus. Amen. Next time the devil shows up in your neighborhood, you just need to come on in. Jesus lives here. Come on in. I'll fix you a cup of coffee, buddy. But you're not going to feel comfortable around here. Because the spirit of the living God lives and dwells within this place. Man, you've got to know what the word of God it says. You've got to know what he, he knows about your circumstance. And you've got to know what the word of God says about getting out of the situation that you're in. Because if all you do is ask Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump about what the answer is listen I don't know who's going to get elected but I'm telling you today neither one of them are going to get America out of the mess that we're in the only way that we're going to get out of the mess that we're in is to lift our eyes back up to heaven and declare Jesus Christ as Lord amen give the Lord praise in the house today Google is one of the greatest gifts to the church in modern day history that you can have. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can go to Google. Some of you don't even know what Google is. Some of you think it's a pair of glasses that you wear to cover your other glasses. You need to get me some of those Googles and wear them. It's not what it is. Did you know that if you don't know what God says... About your situation. All you got to do is Google it. Just go to Google. And say what does the word of God say about healing. And bam. Millions millions of responses will come up. And all you have to do is just start clicking on them and reading. Clicking on them and reading. Clicking on them and reading. And by faith, as you start reading the word of the Lord God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And I declare to you today, the devil, that the word says and Google confirms that my God is bigger and better and more awesome than you ever have been. Look at your neighbor and say Google's good. Amen. But you got to know what the Word of God says about your situation. But there's another thing I want you to see. And this struck me like a ton of bricks this week. Because Daniel's frustration started after he knew what the will of God was. And after he knew what God's promise was to his people. The promise of God frustrated Daniel. Because Daniel knew what God had said would happen. And yet as Daniel looked around. He was not seeing the manifestation of God's promise. Now think about that for a minute. Has God ever come to you? in a moment of despair or maybe you were reading the word of the Lord and a promise just leapt off the pages of the book and you said oh God and that's exactly what I needed to hear that's what I needed to know thank you, thank you I declare that, I receive that I speak that Lord that's going to happen Lord it's coming it's in the pipeline it won't be long and then you get a year down the road and you still haven't seen the answer. Now stay with me for just a moment. Here's what Daniel knew. Daniel knew that God had said that Israel will be taken captive by the Babylonians and they will remain in captivity for 70 years. But God said at the end of the 70 years, the captivity will cease. And Israel will go back and they will take back what the enemy stole from them and their, 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 their blessing will be restored to them. That's what God said. He said you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. But I would say that after 70 years the captivity is going to end and you will be free to go back to your country and take back everything that the enemy. It, at this point in scripture it was not 70 years. It was not 71 years, but it was 72 years after the original captivity. And Daniel got to thinking about that one day and he said, God, I know what your word declares and I know what your promise was. Your promise was that after 70 years that your people would be free from the captivity and they could go back and take back what had been taken from them. Why, God, is that not happening? And Daniel became frustrated because what God said would happen had not yet happened. Have you ever, have you ever had that in your life? God, I know you said. God, I know you promised. God, I know that your word declares. God, I know. I remember that time when they prayed for me and there was a confirmation. I remember that prophetic word that came to me. I'll never forget it as long as I live. God, but why have I not seen the manifestation of your promise? I'm going to tell you why. It is not God's fault. It's your fault. And it was not God's fault here. It was Israel's fault. Because what happened was, is that when Israel was taken into captivity, they could no longer function as they once functioned. They were known as agricultural giants. Man, they had crops everywhere. They made money hand over fist. They were sheep keepers like nobody's business. But when Babylon came and took them into captivity... They no longer could keep sheep. They no longer could have the crops. They couldn't plant the seed. It was outside of their authority because they were in captivity. And while they were in captivity, they adjusted their thinking from God's best to what they could do in this new reality. So Israel changed from being sheep keepers to shopkeepers. Now they opened up little shops on the sidewalk, and and they begin to sell materials, and sell goods, and sell to others. And they were no longer known as sheep keepers, but shopkeepers. That's where we get the terminology. Did you ever hear anybody say, "Why don't you go see if you can Jew them down"? I don't want to pay that amount of money for this. I don't want to give that. Let me go see if I can chew them down. And in their captivity, they created a new reality that was not God's best will for their life. God had said after 70 years, you're going to be set free to go back and no longer remain a shopkeeper but I'm going to take you back to what I created you for. Which was to be a sheepkeeper, And blessing is going to pour out on you in unbelievable ways. But you've got to be willing to leave the comfort of the shopkeeper's mentality. And go back into the place that God has created for you. Think about it for just a minute. To be a shopkeeper is a lot easier than being a sheep keeper. Isn't it? Oh, you just go to the shop, put the coffee on, get your gall heated up, Put your pod in there, open up the door, turn on the sign that says, Yes, we're open, and start selling stuff. And when there are no customers, you just go back. You've got a nice, lazy boy recliner in the back of your shop, and you just sit down, and you get your iPad out or your newspaper, and you just start reading it. And I'm telling you, life is good, and life is easy when you're a shopkeeper. But if God has not called you to be a shopkeeper, there is no way that you can effectively walk in the blessings of God. You have to be willing to walk away from your comfort zone and go back to the hard work of keeping sheep if you're going to ever have the full blessings of God upon your life. And he was frustrated, Daniel was, because here he is 72 years into the declaration of the promise of God. And 72 years, the promise had not come to pass. It had not been manifested, and he was frustrated not at God, but at the people of God, because they had come to accept second best rather than the very best that God has. Can I tell you today that if you're not careful you will get so comfortable in your created reality that you'll become satisfied with it and you'll never seek the best blessings of God. When I was a kid, the church used to say all the time, don't ever get satisfied. Don't ever get satisfied. And what they meant was this. There is a place of contentment. We're going to see that in just a moment. There is a place of contentment where we can accept things as they are because we know the will of God is working. But what the church I grew up in was talking about, if you just set your your sights on those things that you can easily achieve and easily take hold of and easily grasp, you will never walk into the full blessings of God and be full of His power and full of His authority and there will be times in your life when the devil will mess you up and keep you down but if you're ever going to defeat him and come against him you're going to have to change your posture and stand up and look at him square in the eyes and say I will overcome you by the word of my testimony and by the blood of the Lamb time for some of you to stop being satisfied saints and start saying, God, where do you want to take me? It may get me out of my comfort zone, but God, if i got to get out of my comfort zone in order to touch your best for my life, I'll do it. He was frustrated because God's promise had not yet been manifested. Thirdly today, he was affected by spiritual warfare. Now what some of you don't want to know and honestly what some of you don't want to know is that devils are active in your life every day. They don't want you to be victorious. They don't want you to overcome. They don't want you to be healed. They don't want you to declare the promises of God. And they are fighting against you. You say, really? Yeah. The devil came to steal, kill, And destroy you. How do you think that happens? He doesn't just come knock on your door one day and say, I'm the devil. Can I come in for a few moments? I'd like to have a conversation with you about how I'm about to kill you, about how I'm about to destroy you about how I'm going to work this thing in your life. Can I come in and have a cup of coffee with you for a few minutes? No. he You can't see him at work. You can't see in the spiritual realm the attack that he's about to unleash on you. You can't know unless you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and then you can discern the words that are being spoken and the attitudes that are being displayed against you and you can know that this thing that is coming against me is not from God but from the very pits of hell the problem is we start thinking about the devil and we start looking in the wrong direction we start looking down here where are you devil if you're down there you must must be below me you must be down there in hell well see now there's just an instance of you not really knowing what the word says Because the word says that he is actively involved in the heavenly realm. He is actively uh, involved in that realm that is above you. Listen, if you can visualize this, if you can somehow reach up to the blessings of God and what he has for you, you will have to pierce the darkness of the devil in order to reach in to the light of the heavenly blessing that God has for you. The angel comes to Daniel and he says, Hey, Daniel, get up. I, I came in direct response to your words. He said, The Lord saw you when you first began to understand and desire what was going on. The word of the Lord came. He prayed for how long? 21 days. The answer came when? Not on the first day necessarily. At the utterance of the first syllable of the first word. God said, Hey, 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 Belteshazzar needs my attention. Daniel needs an answer. Daniel's got a question I need to hear this and Daniel began to question and while he was uttering the very first words he grabbed Michael and he said go tell him this he needs to know this get down there right now Michael didn't stop at Starbucks for a cup of coffee he didn't go buy Panera bread and have a bowl of soup He was on his way with the answer, and the scripture says that he entered into a realm where there was spiritual warfare that was taking place. Now, many people would say, well, see, now God's not as powerful as I thought he was. Listen, God has put limits on his own ability so so that he can cooperate with the world and the nature that he created. Let me tell you something. If God had said, you guys just keep on praising me. I'll be back in just a minute. I need to go down there and talk to Daniel for just a second. I'm going to go down there myself, and you just stay here. Let me tell you something. When God stepped off that throne and started moving towards Daniel, there would not be a devil in hell that would remain in the general vicinity of God himself. But when God sent the angel to bring the message, the angel had to enter into enemy territory to carry the blessing of God. And the angel said, I'm sorry for being just a tad bit late because I got caught up in the spirit realm with the king of the the prince of Persia. And I've been fighting him for 21 days. How long? 21 days. Three weeks. How long he been praying? 21 days. Three weeks. I came when you first started praying. I've been fighting this battle for 21 days. I did not get defeated. But I just called one of my buddies and said, hey... We have got to get this word to Daniel and we have got to overpower this demonic spirit so that Daniel can have the answer that he's praying for. And scripture says that one of his buddy angels came and he said, I've got this. I'm stronger than you. I'm higher up in the ranks than you are. I've fought this devil before and he ain't no big deal. I'm getting ready to kick his backside. But while I'm doing that, you just go on down to Daniel and give him the word that God gave you uh, 21 days ago and he left the battle in the heavenlies so that he could deliver the word to Daniel that would cause him to focus upon his answer you say I don't pastor I don't like to talk about demons and devils I'm afraid they might come in my bedroom at night Sometimes I think when my husband comes in, it's the devil. Is it okay if I rebuke him in the name of Jesus too? I only remind you that the scripture says for you to work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. And listen, if the devil walks into your room, you may need to pull a Smith Wigglesworth on him. And just roll over and look at him and say, oh, it's just you. And turn over and go back to sleep. Listen, there is no power in hell that is able to overcome a faith-filled, spirit-filled, word-speaking man or woman of God. Amen. You are more than conquerors by him. Listen, it's easy to act like that when you're in church. A church full of Pentecostal, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled people. All they need is for somebody to toss the hat down and they'll start shouting. And somebody will, if you don't toss it down fast enough, they'll get a hat and throw it down. (laughs) Either a hat or a tambourine, one or the other. When somebody comes in with a tambourine, my first thought is, oh my goodness. God, oh my goodness. But all I know to tell you, and don't bring one next week, please but all I can tell you is that there are times in life that even a tambourine is appropriate to, to face the devil with you just go back to the Old Testament and Miriam and the girls they started dancing before the Lord and, and singing and dancing and with the timbrels praising him amen you know we get so sophisticated sometimes in our worship and we hope oh my goodness I hope nobody gets out of order you know I I, I just don't like those wild wildfires, well, listen don't worry about the wildfires we've got enough old wet blankets in here that we can put it out in no time at all but there comes a time in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the, the fire and, and the trouble, you've just got to reach down deeper uh, and pull up a praise uh, and begin to worship the Lord God Almighty Listen to what the angel said to him. He said, Daniel, you've been down there long enough. Change your stance. Change your posture. You stand up. You, you look me in the face. What I'm about to say to you, you, you need to not just hear it. You need to grasp it. When I was a kid, I'd get a spanking. My mom and dad used to beat me. You don't know anything about that. But they did it in the Holy Ghost, so it was okay. It was okay. But like most kids, I just, I lay down.
1: Oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Oh, God. Jesus.
0: Listen, there's a time for you to weep. There's a time for you to cry. There's a time for you to allow your emotions. I just heard just this week a message about David at Ziklag and I preached it many times and when they came in and they saw that the enemy had come against them and their wives and their kids had been kidnapped and their land had been stolen and their houses had been burned to the ground the scripture says David wept before the Lord until he had no more power to weep have you ever been there? Hey, listen, if you're alive, you've been there. But let me tell you something. There comes a time when it's time to stop crying. There comes a time for you to stop declaring that you're defeated. There comes a time when you've got to start, uh, stop trying to get everybody sympathy and just pat me on the back and make me feel good. Uh, and there comes a time that you've got to do like David did uh, and, uh, and rejoice in the Lord uh, and, and replenish your faith in Him on your own. David strengthened himself in the Lord. And the angel came by and he said, Daniel, he said, you've been down there long enough. What I'm about to say to you is very important and I need your full attention. And in order for you to get it, you're going to have to get up off of the ground and you're going to have to look at me face to face. You're going to have to change your posture. You're going to have to change the way you're talking. You're going to have to change the way you're walking. You're going to have to change the way you're standing. You're going to have to stand up and face the enemy. Some of you today, it's time for you to change your posture. It's time for you to stop talking like you've been talking. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 30. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Proverbs chapter 30. I read this this year, this this week. I have read Proverbs from front to back. I don't know how many times. I could never even count them. But a man by the name of Agar. Begins writing Proverbs chapter 30, and he says in verse 1, the words, the the, the man declares, I am weary, oh God. I am weary, oh God, and I am worn out. In southern Illinois, they'd say, I'm worn slap out. There's a difference between worn out and slap out. He was worn slap out, and notice what he begins to declare. He says I'm weary. He says it again, I'm weary. That's not again enough. So he says, "I am worn slap out." And then he says, "Surely I am too stupid to be a man." Have you ever got that before? I'm weary. God, I'm weary. God, I'm worn out. And because I'm in this state of mind, it comes to me that I am too stupid to even be a man. But notice, he says, I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. There it is. I have no knowledge of the Holy One. I have no ability to understand what God is able to do. And because I have no knowledge of the Holy One, all I can do is identify myself as just stupid, too stupid to even exist. That's exactly where the devil wants some of you to be today. Well, you know, if I'd have just done this different, if I'd have just done that different, it was really stupid for me to say that. And it was really stupid for me to be there. And it was really stupid for me to act that way. And it was really stupid for this and stupid for that and stupid. And every time that word stupid comes out of your mouth, the devil is saying, oh, I've got them, I've got them, I've got them. They don't even know who they are. They don't know who they are in Christ. Uh, And I'm not going to tell them. I'm just going to let them go on thinking how stupid they are. But listen, there's got to come a moment in your life when you change your posture, and you change your words, uh, and you change your attitude, uh, and you change your spirit, and you say, I have laid here in defeat long enough by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to stand up uh, and look the devil square in face and let him know that God is in me to overcome him in Jesus name Jonathan said it last week very well he said if you keep doing what you've always done you're just going to keep on getting the same result some of you it's time for you to do something different do something different say something different feel something different if you've got to get up on the other side of the bed, push your wife out of the way. And when she says, not this morning, you just climb over the top and get on the other side and say, I'm going to do something different today in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to keep living the way that I always lived. I'm changing something. I'm going to stand up come start playing help me quit I'm getting out of the spirit and in the flesh now I gotta and here's where we often miss it Jerry do you ever preach so hard you just got out of breath time for me to go back to the gym isn't it Here's the problem that we have sometimes. You say we create this mental picture of what we think the answer is supposed to look like. And when it doesn't look like what we've created in our minds that it should look like, then we think we're still walking defeated rather than in victory. The angel comes to Daniel. And he said, I need to deliver this to you. I came in response to the very first word that you spoke before God. I came. And then he goes on this long sermon of revelation that nobody could understand unless they were inspired by the Spirit of God. You go home today and read the rest of the book of Daniel. The angel starts talking about prophetic things that's going to happen. It's going to happen down the road. And then he says, Some of it won't even happen in your lifetime. And some of it won't happen in the next generation. He says, Some of it won't even happen. Until the very last days when Jesus Christ comes back again. Now, if the angel of the Lord came to you today and said, I've heard your prayer and I have brought the answer, the good news is, is that you will overcome. The bad news is you'll never see it in your lifetime. He you said, Does that happen? Yeah. The faith chapter says that there were some who believed even to the end never having seen the manifestation of the spirit that they were expecting. Did you ever pray for somebody that was sick? You laid your hands on them and you prayed for them and they died three days later. You know what your response usually is in the flesh? If we'd have just prayed harder. If we'd have just fasted, if we'd have just sought God, if they'd have prayed, if they'd have had faith, if this, if that, if this, if is the greatest destroyer of faith that has ever existed. Because the devil knows if he can just get you doubting and if, 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 if you'll never walk in victory. But if you can somehow get to the place where you say, it doesn't matter if I never see it. I know that I know that I know that I know what the promises of God are. And I know that I know that I know that I know that it shall come to pass in God's timing. And the person that you prayed for and they died three days later, and you're down here beating yourself up, because if this and if that, if I'd have prayed different, if I'd have had more oil, if I'd have used something other than virgin olive oil, it might have worked. If I'd have called Benny Hinn, they might be alive today. Listen, they ain't dead. They're walking in the presence of Jesus Christ, because the Word says that to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. They're not dead. They're as much alive as they ever been your prayer worked it just didn't manifest the way you thought it would so here's Daniel when you grow up and start preaching don't don't preach like this just preach different it'll work better for you 70 years the captivity is over 2 years the promise is not manifested now the angel, the angel of the Lord shows up and said, God heard your first word. I've come to deliver the answer. And the answer is, is that you're never going to see it in your lifetime. But it is going to come in such a way that it will bring glory to God. Yes. Yes. What was Daniel's response? "Fooly! I hate that church. I hate that preacher. Nothing good ever happens when that preacher's around. I hate it. I hate feeling like that I'm believing all the time and never getting nothing, no bang for the buck. I think I'll just lay down here on the floor and I'll sing doom, despair, and agony on me. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. You know anybody like that? Spirit of the Lord has spoken clearly and said the answer is on the way. This is what it will look like. The only problem is you're never going to see the manifestation of it in your lifetime. Do you still trust me? Therein lies the victory. Your triumph begins at the nanosecond of the transfer of your trust in God. Yes. With God, it is never about the manifestation. It is always about my trust in Him. And Daniel pulls himself up. He brushes the devil off of him. And he says, God, I know I'll never see it. But I declare your goodness today. And I will trust you in the midst of it all some of you today your answer lies in your trust and oh, I'll come on preacher let me come up front let you spit on me let's have a come march <laughs> let me see it with my eyes listen you may God may heal you, raise you up, change your circumstance, give you that promotion, allow you to overcome in this flesh, in this life. It may be instantaneous in your life, but the only way that you'll ever get to any kind of manifestation is by first going the way of trust. 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 I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care how close he gets to my ear to whisper his nonsense to me. Your word is more powerful than his suggestions. Your word is fact. And God, I pray for this congregation that's here today, that they, today, 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 the answer is on the way the answer is on the way Doug Youngblood in the house Doug you here will you help me sing this morning come on up here give me another one you come stand beside me he's a preacher's kid he's, he's used to this he's been called out more than any of you Will you sing with me? Come over here. Do you know this song? Vestal sang it. You remember Vestal? All right, here we go. You ready? Are you ready, Sister Donna? Sister Baker, are you ready? Let's sing. Many times i bow bowed beneath a heavy load. And on bended knees to God of prayer,
1: I pray. You got it. As I there on the floor, he reminded me once more that the answer was already on the way. Oh, yes, the answer's on the way, this I know. on the way this I know Jesus said I believe it and it's so our heavenly Heavenly father Father, will for me before we pray and we can rest assured the answer's on the way you remember it? now verse says,
0: if in your life, my friend, there's a special need that you have an answer, you need an answer. As we sing it, if you're here today and you need an answer from God concerning anything that you're facing in your life, I want everybody to stand and if you need prayer, come on prayer team, get in place. I want you to march down here, change your position. Change your posture from where you are and get up here and let some of these holy ghost filled prayer intercessors pray for you. A prayer team, listen to me. I don't want you praying today like this. Oh Jesus, oh God, if it be thy will, will you please help them? And will you just bless this sorry old soul for the glory of God? You know what the Word of God declares, and you know what the Word of declares, and you know what the Word of God declares. And when they get here, I want you to look at them, and I want you to say, How may I pray with you today? And if they say, I've got sickness in my body and I need a healing touch of God, don't you just say, oh God, we're so weak and I don't know. You start saying, dear Jesus, in your name, I declare that by your stripes we have been healed. And healing is the, is, the, is the bread of the saints of God. God, heal and start declaring and start declaring and start declaring in the name of Jesus. We have the right to declare the promises of God uh, over our lives. And if you're here today and you have a need, me and Doug and these wonderful people right here, we're going to start singing and you just start coming and we're going to start praying and declaring and believing. Are you ready? Did you catch your breath while I was down there? Okay, we're ready. Here we go. One, two, three. Let's go. Where's it at? It's down here. <laughs> if there's a special need within your life, my friend, come on.
1: And you're seeking for an answer every day. If by faith you'll start believing, by sin you'll start receiving, for the answer is already. Right. If by faith you'll start believing, mighty soon you'll be receiving for the answers already. Hallelujah. No, 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 yeah, come on, oh yes, the answers on the way. Yes, I know. Jesus said, i believe and he's so times I bowed
0: beneath a heavy load amen and on bending
1: knees to God a prayer I pray as I knelt there on the floor
0: ready to respond. You're ready to trust Him. If you forget everything else I said today, remember this, your trust begins at the nanosecond of the transfer of your trust to God. You don't have to see anything else. All you have to do is know
1: that I trust Him. Trust Him.